podcasters. This is I Don't Care, and I'm Alexia Stefano. And today we have a very special guest, Francesca Bianchi. She is an actress, a dialect coach, and an acting coach. She was born in Saudi Arabia and moved to Australia for school. She's done theater and plays, and now she's here in Canada, Vancouver, as an actress. And I had such a good conversation with her. We talk about confidence, we talk about the industry, we talk about her personal experiences, and so much more. So for all that and more, stay tuned. Before we get into the questions, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I was born in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. I um, grew up in Australia, studied in Australia, and grew up in Saudi for a little while, and then moved to Canada in 2018. Um, with my passport. Okay, nice. And I want to ask some rapid fire questions just to get to know you. Okay. Okay, so do you have more fun in front or behind the camera? In front. Okay. Uh, what's your dream character to play? Mm, something set in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe someone who existed, but just like a woman who fights. Someone who's like a fighter. I like that. I want to do horror movie. And I just want to like be screaming in agony. I think you can realize that dream in in Vancouver. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. Um, What's the most rewarding thing you've done so far in your career? Ooh. uh, It's probably yet to come. But so far, so far would be probably teaching moments Mm. that were... I did one job on set that was really hard, that was really, really proud of. But probably seeing my theories or whatever I'm doing work and have someone's eyes kind of like... Mm. And, and and then having that thing work for other actors too, that's probably... Yeah. That's pretty rewarding. Well, as like someone who gets taught, that's like really fun for me is having those aha moments mm. and learning things. And I'm like, oh wait, that's going to stay with me forever. Yeah. So that's, I love that. Okay, what's a book that you would love to be seen turn into a movie or TV show? So my aunt is writing a book right now, and I've read the first few chapters, so that, I want that. Mm-hmm. Um, a book that's turned into a TV show. Oh. Well, the ones that I can think of right now are being turned into television series. Did you ne- see um, this stuff um, with, um... Uh, not Nancy Drew. Uh, I want, um... Enid Blyton. Okay. I would like more Enid Blyton books, like mm. the the Magic Wishing Tree, the the I think the Magic Wishing Chair, the Naughtiest Schoolgirl. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Blake Lively. There's been like drama with, uh, she's doing a Colleen Hoover book, and they just released photos of like, uh, them on set, and everybody is so mad because of the outfits that, um. Blake's character is wearing like people are really upset they don't think it's true to the book they don't think it's true to the book it's all it is like a really ugly outfit um I've not read the books but people say that they're making the outfit such a main character when in the book it's never even mentioned yeah but they don't know what maybe there's a metaphor or maybe there's like you know like I thought Harry Potter in my head looked like Hugh Jackman Mm. and in real life he did not no just had to deal with it (laughs) yeah but like I think you can't really say anything until you know what the maybe they're trying a different thing like Mm -hmm. you know like sex in the city 
they they made New York a character and it became something iconic and yeah. so I, I, I like the passion yeah. you know they probably did that on purpose to yeah. drum up publicity for the whole thing true yeah. honestly it makes you want to watch the movie that much more just to see like how they tie everything in and if it's as big of a deal as everybody's making it right exactly. now. it could be a flashback like mm. that's PR genius I think yeah it might be uh, there you go <laughs> honestly you're so right What's the most unexpected thing to happen to you since being in this industry? COVID. Mm, good point. I, my industry, I mean, I didn't get into the industry until like technically COVID was kind of coming out. So right. I miss the whole, I mean, the whole world of COVID was actually very good for some of us because they couldn't fly in Americans. And so a lot of us started getting supporting leads because they couldn't bring in Americans. Yeah. So it wasn't awful, but thinking I might never see my family again mm. and I left them to pursue this, I was like, oh, is that worth it? Yeah. You know, so it was, yeah, it was definitely COVID. Yeah. I was still in high school. I was like, am I going to have a grad? I didn't have to, like, I was not in the same mindset as you. Um, do you think casting directors hate when actors are not word perfect in auditions? No. Okay. I do think they hate it, though, when you... you too, much, too much extra words for no mm -hmm. reason would annoy me as a casting agent. But you thinking through a thought... Um, and maybe not being word perfect, I think is fine. Okay. Yeah. I don't I, think that would, that wouldn't bother me too much. I, I, I've always thought the same. I've had some people tell me, no, like the least you can do is be word perfect. Mm -hmm. It is your job. And it's like, yeah, that is. But also like sometimes mistakes happen. And what I learned in that um, casting director meeting is also that they like to see those mistakes and that Sometimes, well, sometimes, things... a, sometimes a mistake can be because of a thought that happened. Yeah. I would always aim for that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then you get auditions where they've changed the character name and it's different in the thing. And, you know, uh, clearly the sides were built and, mm -hmm. you know, so you, you have to use your own intelligence. But yeah. uh, ideally, yes, mandatory, no. But then on set, be ready for it to be mandatory. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. What is your favorite form of self-love? Working out. Oh, I wish. That's my <laughs> least favorite form of I don't of always -love. love it when I'm, like, about to be there. Mm -hmm. um, but I do yoga maybe five times a week at the moment. And then cycling, and I'm training to be a cycling instructor. Wow. And it's kind of, for me, like, the group fitness mm -hmm. aspect is to me, the kind of the self-love, especially after COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, it being in the gym with everybody together and uh, sweating because I'm a bit neurotic mm -hmm. and need to sweat and I need to get my heart rate high for my brain to start thinking. So mm -hmm. that's, it's definitely my version of it. I, I almost wish it wasn't. I wish my version of self-love was more like hanging out on the beach with friends or right. but um I sunburn really easily mm -hmm. and I'm a little awkward so it's like working out it's the yeah that's definitely it for me <laughs> uh, I worked out okay so I had three free days at club 16 two mm -hmm. weeks ago and so I worked out three days in a row and that for me was like the most I've ever done in my entire it's quite life. a lot three days in a row is quite a lot depending on what you're doing it was like arms legs 
abs, so like it balanced yeah. out. But I was, if I didn't have that, like if it was free always, I would go more. But I don't have it in me to pay money and then bust to the gym and then do the workout. Yeah. And then like, so I just did the free yeah. trial. I live 500 meters walk from my gym. And then yoga is just what I need right mm-hmm. now. And then, you know, once it becomes part of your life, it's just kind of like part of your life. It's just yeah. what you do. And when it was taken away, like, you know, it's the group things that's really my jam. Like yeah. uh, personal training one-on-one. Well, mm-hmm. I just don't want to. Mm-mm. No. I, I'll do it myself or I'll do it with friends. And I used to work motivated? for Lululemon, so we, we did it together. You're motivated to do it yourself? I'm too neurotic not to work okay. out. Like okay. if I don't work out for like four or five days and ask any of my friends, I'm a bit of a pill. Okay. Like it's not a nice person to be around. There's just too much activity and mm-hmm. I need to put it somewhere. So at it, least it's a good thing. Like that's a good place to put it. Yes. I mean, I could have chosen other places. Yeah. Um, but that's not how it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's a quote that you like to live by? Um, it's actually, and they, they change all the time. I okay. love quotations. I'm obsessed with all of them. Me too. Um, and then everyone just has really good ones. And this morning there was one at yoga and it said, she said, no matter what happens, I will keep my heart open. Mm. And that's the one that I'm going to use for a little while. But that's, that hit, that hit me really hard yeah. this morning. I had a quote hit me really hard two days ago. I was listening to a podcast with two actors And they were talking about how sometimes you're so caught up in wanting people to believe that you're a good actor and and you get so in your head. And he said, express, not impress. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's obviously not original from him, but that was the first time I heard it. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's that's sticking with me. That's like that that my mom actually told me. Interested people are interesting. Yeah, that's my favorite. Interested people are interesting. So if there's an acting note that I could probably give to everybody, including myself, every time it's that note. Okay, and how do you, what does that mean exactly to you? Like, how does that translate into your work? So everyone's worried about being uh, unique. I want to be unique. I want casting to notice me. I want to be, um, you know, stand out. And there's too much ambiguity to that you don't know what that's going to do and also it's it's a subjective art form to a certain extent and timing and blah 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 blah. so be interested in the other person and not only will you be doing your job which is acting Mm -hmm. and telling a story but you'll be interesting Mm. and it works for people who don't have social confidence yeah so if you want to you want someone to ask you out Mm -hmm. you want someone you you treat them like they're the only thing in the room and they will 100% want to stay with you or talking mm-hmm. to you and it's the same with uh net, networking if you want to do anything like that if you're at a those awful industry sort of things i never ask anyone about anything to do with the industry i make sure that i leave every conversation with at least five facts about the other person usually involving their kids or their favorite drink of choice or you know like kind of the questions you're asking me mm-hmm. and they don't remember they they never forget me and mm. I and I took me a while to be like oh why and it's like well because we had a conversation like human beings and we linked over random things so 
the camera will find you interesting if you're interested in everything else. Mm. And then also you'll forget about yourself. You'll forget about trying to be interested. You'll you forget everything. So yeah. you'll you'll concentrate on what you want or your objective. Um, I'm into things that make things simpler for actors. I don't want an actor to try to be interesting. I think that's a really painful place mm -hmm. to be. As a human, yeah. it's a painful place to be. Yeah, I definitely, I feel that, you know, you want to be interesting, especially for me, a lot of the characters that I get, they're always outgoing, they're like the the fun, the fun, funny one, the bold personality, and so those are usually more of the interesting characters, so it's definitely been harder for me to get out of my head, to not try to put on a character, but to be the character. Mm. That's what I struggle sometimes with, but that's... But those, those magnetic characters are always... They always know everything about everybody. Mm. Uh, and, you know, don't forget that the script does 50% does of the work for yeah. you, maybe 60. Like, you're saying interesting things we want to hear, so you can sort of let the script do... I think we forget that the script's telling a lot of the story mm -hmm. for us yeah and then you know um if you just and it takes ages but if you just listen and you're just there and you just find your reader really fascinating all of that quirk and weirdness that's yours yeah. is just going to be there because it can't not be there because mm -hmm. you're you there's no other filter yeah so it's a hard note it's probably the best note yeah i'm definitely gonna take that with me more once I get more auditions, mm. I'm definitely going to be doing that. Um, okay, I want to know what made you fall in love with storytelling mm -hmm. and what made you want to act? Uh, I was, a remember I was about 10, 9 or 10, and I asked my mom if acting was a job because mm. I didn't understand how stuff got onto television. I was like, do they just follow them around? And it was watching Friends, I think, at the time. And I was like, how is this made? And then uh, in Saudi, the only stuff that was on television was Rodgers and Hammerstein's musical, Mrs. Doubtfire, and mm. Sound of Music. Mm. I love Sound of Music. Yeah. And I was just like, how is this? Like, they're all on there. How do they make it on there? And then I wanted to be Robin Williams for the longest time. And um, he was one of my heroes, actually. And, and then I asked mom if it was a job and my parents kind of like didn't answer, but they, they, they were like, oh, you know, some people. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then I just started doing theater and I think I liked, I was a very awkward kid, like headgear, braces, glasses, mm -hmm. fuzzy red hair, like living in Australia with no tan, mm -hmm. short. Um, I liked it when people laughed and I didn't really care if it was at me or with me. Okay. I didn't really care. Yeah. And I was like, well, if I could do that for a job. And so I liked that. And then I liked the fact that anyone could be, um, I could be anything. I didn't want to choose a job. Mm. I didn't want, I wanted to be an archaeologist and then I wanted to be a dentist and then I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to fly. I was obsessed with flying for ages. And I was like, why hasn't someone worked out how I can fly? And then I just thought, oh, well, I can do all of the things. Mm -hmm. I did not think any further than that. I didn't think about money, mm -hmm. anything. I just started doing theater because I was just like, and then everyone in theater was just a little weird yeah. too. Which so, is the best. Yeah. So it was like, it was, it was a place to be. There wasn't a huge amount of like, it was still, you know, everyone was pretending not to be gay and everyone was, mm -hmm. it was, it was, you know, early 2000s. It wasn't like. Now. No. Yeah. I mean, but in theater, 
we were way ahead. If you were gay, you were gay. Like, I didn't care. No one cared. And so on the theater camps and all those things that I used to go to, I just felt um, that everyone was just being themselves. It just felt better than high school did. Yeah. Well, high school. I feel like high school is not good for most people. And if it was the best time for you... Well, I it, can't was, it was good. I went to an all-girls high school. Okay. So it took a lot of pressure off. It was like uniformed private girls school. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like studying to become a doctor. And oh. so I just like escaped to theater world. And mm-hmm. then, but I was, you know, allowed to be a, whatever I wanted to be. And my friends were allowed to be whatever they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So it's just a nice place to be. So your parents then were pretty supportive? No, no. I did most of it in secret. They weren't not supportive. Okay. But I did lie and mm-hmm. say that I had applied to nursing school. Okay. And I was auditioning for all of the drama schools. And okay. then I, I, I lied for like a couple weeks about where I was going after school and then realized that saying I was going to acting class probably wasn't going to get me in, in any trouble. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I took money out of mom's wallet to pay mm-hmm. for acting class. I didn't want to go to the par- parties. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go to acting class. I just was like that. That's so funny. I did something similar too. I was enrolled to go to school for uh, medical aesthetics, so skincare. Mm-hmm. And then... Smart, by the way. Yeah. I Well, I'm obsessed with skincare. Yeah. Um, but that's what I was going to do. And then um, I was watching some interviews from actors and... Just the fact that I was already enrolled in something that wasn't my true passion, I was in like the lowest mental state I've ever been. And I was like, I can't, I'm like, I'm not even out of high school yet and I'm already feeling this way. So I, um, I, you know, submitted to a bunch of schools, acting schools, and then I went and auditioned in person and I got in and then I paid for the down deposit by myself and then I told my mom I'm dropping out of that one and I'm going to acting school and I didn't give her a choice and I didn't let her say anything and I paid for the school Um, and so I was like you really have no say here and then I went and I'm so happy I did because otherwise like I I know that feeling that I felt at the Mm -hmm. beginning of you know deciding what I wanted to do would only be 10 times worse. Yeah, and you can always go, like, what I probably would have done going back, so it's very intensely training and very, I'm very intense. Mm-hmm. I, I think medical aesthetics is a great, I think having another platform that you love, mm-hmm. because this world, it's a bit all-consuming and it can be very negative. Whether you like it or not, it can be very negative. The sending tapes into a void, the mental strength it takes, uh, when your partner's more successful than you, mm. um, business ventures that fail, uh, things that don't like, I mean, I recently, you know, left a job that was very secure because I trying out, you know, a new, a business writer's strike. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I do can, I definitely support people branching out Um, but you can do it better when you know, when you did what you did you go, I'm going to do this first Mm -hmm. and then I, I am going to keep this in mind just because the world shut down, Mm -hmm. the world might shut down again. You know, we have to make ourselves, uh, crush proof in a way and stay healthy. Yeah. Which is, yeah, the strike has definitely 
been really hard and I feel like for every actor though because we're in a pit where we we're not like we can't do like I didn't realize how much just doing auditions made me happy Mm. because you know I'm thinking oh you know I hate slating but we've got to do that and I get so stressed to do auditions but now that they're gone I'm like whoa like I want to give me all of them again like I want to do that again so doing nothing every day is like hard so when I do get a random audition last week I had a voice audition I was so happy I was like oh my god yes I can't wait to do this and so I've just I so that refresh can be really good, and you know the mm-hmm. the the WJ right now the strike is about so much more than than money. Like they're protecting themselves from AI, yeah. you know. So we have to be patient and wait for this to do what it needs mm-hmm. to do because mm-hmm. it's so important. But yeah, it's going to stretch a lot of us yeah. mentally and crews as well. Like mm-hmm. crews more so maybe. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, actors, we can be unemployed for however long, and, you know, we're kind of used to it. Yeah. But crews? Yeah. My neighbor, he he works in the, I don't remember what department, but he works as a crew member. And, yeah, right now is really, really hard for them because yeah, he's he makes the money. And so, yeah, it's just, but I always say there is no story to be told without the writers. So we need them. They need, they deserve everything. So, they just they should get what they deserve yeah yeah and we just hope that it's a clean negotiation that's like not too long because they're not working either yeah you know we don't want we don't want uh people in the same position as the last strike in saying that the covid the striking everything just keeps teaching me Mm -hmm. to be versatile yeah and and autonomous so if like you you miss doing auditions shoot a tape, mm-hmm. you know, do what you're doing right now. Like it could, it could be taken away yeah. anytime and it's, it's not guaranteed to us even when it's there. Mm-hmm. So actors might be in a mentally better position just cause we're used to not having, not having it there. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's hard. It is. And even the other day, cause I missed it so much. I just came down here and I did some improv and then when I was looking back at it, I, I had an aha moment of what it looks like when you don't know what you're going to say next. And it's that natural conversation. I finally saw that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm totally missing that in my auditions. Like, now I know you know that I know what I need to, I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. And when I was improvising, you saw me thinking and you saw that like realness and I was like oh that like that's I need awesome. to work on that yeah that's such a good I didn't think of that that's really good yeah so I yeah I was like oh wow I can't and I'm just so excited now to get back to auditioning or just do more improv um how did you get your start in the industry um you went to school in Australia mm-hmm. how did you end up here there was no work in Australia fair it's a good point yep uh, it was it was particularly rough for me over there. I don't think it's the same for everyone. I can't speak for everyone, but getting representation, um, there was you know it could have been bad luck. I don't know, mm-hmm. but uh, just being told that I didn't have a face for a camera, that you know, I remember an agent saying to me, "Be good if you didn't gain any weight. Mm. Be good if you were a little darker, like if you had a tan." 
I'm like, okay, I'm a minute. I've got red hair, so the the, the jigs up. If I have mm-hmm. a tan, it's probably not real. Yeah. But um, there was just so many weird. Um, none of them were about my work. Mm-hmm. None of them were about what I was actually doing in front of the camera. And I just thought, I don't know what's going on, but I have a Canadian passport. I have family in Canada. Mm-hmm. I'm out. And I landed here. And I said to myself, if I don't book a job, get an agent. Within three months, I quit. Because mm. I was right, like just right at the edge of. Because I left a job. I was doing a national tour, so I, I was I just completed a national tour of a theater show, um, and then I was like, yeah, this is it for me. I, I'm gonna quit if I don't see these things happen. Mm-hmm. Just because I just thought I can't. Uh, this isn't healthy anymore. You yeah, know? I'd rather just work in theater for no money, than receive these messages that just make no sense and none of them were about acting yeah it was so debilitating so weird because I'd come out of theater school just doing the work you know Mm -hmm. we just did we just did it um and there were some wildly successful actors coming out of my year um super talented group and I was just like I don't know what this is anymore so yeah that's that's I moved because it was my I'm gonna quit moment Mm mm-hmm Oh man, every actor has an I'm gonna quit moment. I have, I've like, had about 50. Mine? No, you I have about 50 of them. I think okay. I'm on maybe f- 15 or 20. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't had mine yet. Yeah. We'll see. I've been pretty good so far. I think for me, other people are having my I'm gonna quit moment for me. Like they're people are like, yeah, but uh, you know, this isn't this isn't the right career. Da 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 da. And so I think because people have those moments for me all the time, I'm like, no, nope, you know what? I'm gonna stick through it. I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm I'm good over here. But we'll see. I'm never say never. Um, what point then did you decide that you wanted to start coaching? I think it's inevitable at some point when you are acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I when I was coaching here, so I got picked up by Tony quite quickly. Mm-hmm. I got sort of discovered in a class and then a dear friend of mine recommended that Tony and I meet. Um, so I learned a lot from him traveling, shadowing him on set, obviously before COVID, shadowing him on set and kind of watching everything. But when I started wanting to coach here, um, actually the videos that I do, so I do like a self-taping like I have like a self-tape tutorial videos on my Instagram. Uh, someone messaged me from uh, one of the schools for an interview. So I, I didn't actually apply, mm-hmm. but um, they said, oh, we want to talk to you. And then I went to a couple of acting classes and there was this really good acting class, really good teacher, just an on-camera class. And they spent the whole time talking about script analysis. They spent the whole time talking about this is the basics of the scene. Like mm-hmm. if you're outside, remember the weather and – and I was like, this is a waste of time. Like, I, like, they should know all this already. And yeah. then I went, well, maybe they don't know all this already. Maybe I can make it easier because there's script analysis for plays and then there's script analysis for scripts for auditions, which are no information that's the same, right? Mm-hmm. There's no super objective. There's, there's one-liners. There's all that stuff. And I started to want to help so that when people went to these coaches and went to these on-camera classes, they weren't spending all of their time learning about 
stuff that they could do themselves and then they're wasting the expertise of whatever teacher mm -hmm. they're seeing. So that was my kind of idea. Yeah. Well, a lot of the times you go to different classes and a lot of the times most coaches do kind of have the same talk and the, teach the same things or um, like it can be repetitive. Because, yeah, sometimes they have to. Yeah. They have to explain what's going on before they can move the actor anywhere. And so that's why I do the script analysis mm -hmm. programs. It's like, I'll teach you that stuff. Yeah. You'll sign up for that. Mm -hmm. Then when you go to these directors and coaches, you've done that. Mm -hmm. They don't have to talk about that anymore. They yeah. can add even more on top of it because you don't have enough time in an acting mm -hmm. class. Ten people, ten scenes. You don't have time. Yeah to like push the actor to their limits and explain to them how the scene works. Do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well? Yes, yeah. And then you get to get more down to the nitty-gritty with one-on-one? With -on -one? Yeah, one-on-one. -on -one, I mean, still a lot of the time I'm sussing out the script analysis with them mm -hmm. because that's pretty valuable. And then um, if it's a coaching for an audition, that makes a lot of sense to me. If I'm coaching someone's self-tape, yeah. I want to get into the acting faster. So mm -hmm. hopefully that work's been done. But if that work hasn't been done, we can't skip step one and go to step two. It'll be too hard for the actor to compute what's mm -hmm. going on. So that's why the script analysis program, pretty passionate about it. Not because I think actors don't know, but because I think I made something that's for our medium mm. and fast. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to take more than half an hour for the actor at home. They don't have yeah. that much time. So it's constantly in development, but so far it's working really well. And that's my contribution to the industry. I don't mm -hmm. think I'm the top acting coach. I think I'm a good acting coach, mm -hmm. but there's excellent acting coaches. Don't pay them and then let them spend you teach like their time teaching you ABC. Okay, so when you're coaching, do you find that you become more confident in your own work from teaching other people? Not confident, but inspired. Mm. There's always some kind of thing that a student says or does that, like, like. Uh, in acting classes or whenever I go to an acting class, I don't usually worry about the level of the acting class. I don't usually necessarily go to the advanced classes mm -hmm. um, because as long as everyone's working hard mm -hmm. and so what I'm watching is someone that's rehearsed something, even the someone with half the experience I have has usually something to tell me that they're really good at or maybe I've lost along the way like mm -hmm. I don't have that sort of abandon because I know too much so it doesn't I don't know if it makes me a better actor definitely probably makes my camera technique a bit better because mm -hmm. I'm watching so many people but it just it's inspiring instead mm -hmm. I think makes me kind of like think of new things and see new things and new ideas that might help someone else or mm -hmm. or maybe the actor just like teaches me something yeah. Sometimes that happens. I, that's what I love about being so green is that I'm going through everything like for the first time. And so I'm learning everything for the first time and watching people. I'm, I'm just like learning so much. And even the podcast helped me learn so much. I just love anything in the industry. I just, I love it. And I, I want to be more involved like, I know the union, they do, like, they always are sending emails mm -hmm. of, like, classes that they're doing, and either for free or at a really good price. Mm -hmm. And I, like, some of them were um, knife training recently, and I'm like, I want to do those, but I'm also, like, a socially anxious person, and so I need to, like, 
tell myself that it's okay, you're gonna meet new people, you're gonna have a good time, you're gonna have fun, but I'm so in my head, I'm like, yeah, but that you're gonna be awkward, you're gonna be shy, you're, and like the negative gets a hold of me, and I'm like, you know what, next time. Yeah. So, well, I mean, uh, the age range is also going to be massive and the experience range is, unless they say specifically must be at whatever, mm-hmm. you can expect most people are not going to be like super thrilled to hold a, hold a knife. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think, um, again, that's, that's why I like group fitness because mm. yeah. I am that person too. And then suddenly it's like, you're in this group and everyone's sweaty and everyone, you're like, wow, I guess I'm just in the crowd with everybody else. And then, you know, some days you're on it, some days you're not, but you just have to put yourself in those positions because mm-hmm. think about it this way too. The more you do that, if we do get the opportunity to be in the room as an option more, you're going to be better at that. Yeah. Like it's all kind of audience, the more audience you can get in front of, the, the more comfortable you're going to be with an audience. And mm-hmm. like the audiences in those rooms and people who were in the room will remember Three of them are on their phone. One of them looks like they're asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone's writing something. Like, it's it's not the audience you think it's going to be. It's a bunch of executives doing 50 things at once, and you just happen to be in the same room as them. Yeah, and I've not experienced that before. So it'll be interesting when I do have, you know, to start doing the in-person more. Like, I've been to a couple um, – like commercial callbacks and stuff. Those but, are good practice. They're yeah. great. Mm. But I've never done like the real deal yet. And Commercial's pretty similar. You do have a bunch of execs, mm-hmm. one on you. Like it, it's quite similar. Mm-hmm. Commercials are really great. If people can be doing those, I yeah. think that's a really good practice because often there's no text. So it's like a nice kind of moving in mm-hmm. for those of people who didn't kind of do the theater for a long time. Yeah. Or community theater, if you can get on a stage that's probably the, where I would say go straight away because mm-hmm. you'll you'll fail and succeed live you can yeah. you can hear what's happening yeah it I did enjoy it when I did it but now that I'm a union apprentice I need one more day on set to be full union um I can't do commercials neither can I so here we are yeah but you know we will once everyone joins the union. Yeah. Now it's going to be pretty hard not to join the union. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it sounds harsh, but it's the only way to get equality back for non-union and union is for everyone to be union and get um, those fabulous commercial actors who had to go union back out there because it made a huge difference to their finances as well. So yeah. people yeah. need to join the union. I've been loving it so far. I, I did join at the worst time possible, like just a couple months ago. And, you know, then the strike and all of that. But, hey, I'm just so happy that I get to sit in on those, you know, casting director webinars. Like, that was so amazing for me. And if I wasn't union or union apprentice, I wouldn't be able to have that and, you know, have all the notes that I took from it. It was was such a good reading. I was... No, it's another community for us and we need a community. Yeah. You know, it's another way to access our community. Very true. Um... Who are actors that you look up to and what about them inspires you? Melissa McCarthy. Mm. Because she's fearless. Mm-hmm. And she's really committed yeah. to everything all the time. She is hilarious. I watched her in a movie called Skylark. Um, she almost broke my heart. Mm-hmm. That um, was about the bird. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was about the bird. Yeah. Um, I do... 
I really like watching Monica Bellucci. I don't know who that is. Monica Bellucci is an Italian actress, okay. um, like of the era of like Sophia Loren. Okay. Um, very powerful and very self-contained and um, sexy and fun. Mm-hmm. She does not apologize for her sexuality at mm-hmm. all. She didn't even, you know, when she was being interviewed as an ingenue, like, so yeah. Um, I really like her. Um, I really like uh, Christoph Waltz. Okay. Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Love Benedict Cumberbatch. Again, he's like fearless and doesn't seem to care about yeah. what he looks like ever, which is really important to me. Um, I think, I do think Kate Winslet's a wonderful actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like, uh, Tobias Menzies. He is, he was a character on, um, Outlander. Mm-hmm. He was, he's also on The Crown. Okay. Um, he is one of those actors that becomes a different person. Like, it's like he, he changes his DNA and you just can't, he's fantastic. He's fantastic, fantastic actor. Um, I mean, there's so many. There's yeah. so many actors that are really, really inspiring. I um, love watching them. Like, watching actors that I look up to on TV, it both, like, inspires me and also makes me slightly sad that I'm not in their place at that moment. But it just, I like to learn from what I'm watching on TV. Not exactly to mimic them, but, oh, like, one of my favorite actors right now, her name is Katie Douglas. And um, she just is so comfortable in her body when she's acting. And the way that she uses her body in acting, I'm like, oh, like that inspires me so much. I want to be that comfortable or at least come across that comfortable when I'm on stage as well. Like she, she's great at, you know, acting, but also the, the whole body movement and she it just embodies characters and to me that's so inspiring I think also like a good place to watch actors because I mean something that's really important is there's there's obviously the actors and we all know their names Mm -hmm. um but day players on shows when you see a fantastic day player like and they just pop out of nowhere and you're Mm -hmm. like who are you think that is incredible seeing though there's so many of those actors and then, you know, the entire cast of Marvelous Miss Maisel, mm. like the parents and the, mm. like, just phenomenal. Nurse Jackie, uh, who, what's her name? She was on The Sopranos as well. Edie Falco. Okay. Edie Falco. I mean, there's just so many. And I think for me too, uh, watching the actors that aren't the A-list is where I try to find what am I actually watching? Am I watching? Because, you know, we can sort of be programmed to think certain actors are good. Yeah. We can be programmed to think that, you know, this movie's good because it has all these actors in it. And that's a marketing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, often they are really good. But, um, like, I think Jennifer Lawrence is a great actor. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would say to people, watch day players on shows. Because they, uh, guest stars are, like, hard. You come on set, you don't know anybody, you show up. You have the biggest plot of the episode yeah. and, you know, it's a whole new environment for you and just some of them are – I wish I remember this episode of Grey's Anatomy. I'll never forget, which is with two of the day players and I was just like, oh, my God. Grey's Anatomy is top tier. Like the early seasons and I just don't remember who they were but I will never forget them. 
Mm. They were just so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, my one of my favorite shows is CSI um, Las Vegas. And so every episode, you know, is about new people. Mm. And so that those types of shows, they really do make you focus on those day players because you're just every every episode there's so many new characters and they're all fantastic. And especially in CSI, they have to do like really it's dark usually and so they're going into like those dark spots and and you don't know ever who's lying and who's telling the truth it's just fantastic i i i don't think i'll ever be able to watch tv as just a viewer ever again no i mean if you can too that means they're doing such a good job that you forgot yeah true um but you know there's also some i've met some phenomenal actors working on you know just the shows that i work on here Mm -hmm. and you know, stuff's harder than people think it is. People watch, you know, like a Hallmark movie or an MOW or a Lifetime and fob it off as just, you know, not satisfying work that's whatever anyone can do it. That is not true. That is not true at all. Mm-hmm. It is difficult. It is moving fast. It's difficult. And making a story with with lower stakes yeah. feel like it's not like that. That's another skill in itself. So for me... If I believe you and you, you know, I identify like that the, there's a human struggle there, then that actor is doing a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really important and I have to remind myself and I think other actors should know just because no one knows who you are, that doesn't mean you're not an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. Just means that no one knows who you are yet. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. And it's um, the goal, I think, for most of us is to just work as actors for a living. I don't think all of us have this goal to be famous. Mm-mm. I I don't think fame is, is real to a certain extent. I, I want to provide for my family and work as an actor for a living. But I do try to keep an eye out for these actors who I don't know because, yeah. um, oh, man, some of them are so good. They are. Some are so good. I think that's a misconception, too. I think as soon as you tell someone that you want to be an actor, they're like, oh, so you want to be famous. And they don't go hand in hand. No, I think I might be a terrible famous person. Oh, I think I would be. I think you would be. I think I would be terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I had a publicist that would be like, be more interesting. Oh my god, I I I don't want to be famous like like Jennifer Lopez and and all of them, but I would like to be just like a little known. Yeah, I I just I do want to make I want to make my money, uh, yeah. you know, doing what I love and yeah. hopefully be able to influence the industry in in writing and ideas mm-hmm. and have enough contact uh, contacts to sort of do that cast shows with full of Canadians and that that kind of yes. thing. But as far as being famous, I think I might. I might be awful at that. I don't know. I don't know. But the idea that someone would care where I was going would be... Scary. Not scary. I just would be like, why? I'm Mm -hmm. getting groceries. Like... Yeah. I'm just... Picking uh, up a coffee. Yeah. Which I'm sure is, you know, the reality of most of those people. But I think Uh some of them make it very interesting. And it's a skill. Yeah. Like Jennifer Lopez is very skilled at that. She is. She's very good at that publicity yeah. part of it. And, you know, that's something that we have to learn. But most actors I know are not that social. They're not, they're kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Most of the ones that I know yeah. are at parties really trying. Yeah, I think I think fame is going to change. I think fame is changing. Mm-hmm. 
I think it is changing because everybody can be famous. Yeah. Technically, everybody can be seen and be heard and be famous. And I've always just wanted to do my work. Mm-hmm. I just want to do the thing I'm good at. Yeah. If I am blessed to have people want to know more about me, then that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But that's just not what I signed up for. Yeah. And so I'm just going to do my work until it comes up. Mm-hmm. Fair. Good point. Me too. I'm going to do the same thing. Let's talk about confidence now, mm-hmm. which is like, it's, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. What does confidence mean to you? So there's obviously many facets of it. Oh yeah. It's very powerful. I will say it's not something that should be underestimated, but I will say it's something you can fake. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 100%. Part of being an actor is being delusional. You have to be delusional. You have to be delusional to the point that you believe the delusion. And if you believe it, other people believe it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that if I go into a meeting or I have to meet with, you know, reps or anything like that, and I don't feel like that that day, I just pretend. Mm -hmm. Because if I do, they do. And, like, I'm a business. I'm a business. I'm a walking business. So confidence is a very powerful tool. Do you have to have it all the time? No, it's impossible to have it all the time. But put yourself around confident people and watch what they do because it's probably one of the most powerful things you can have. Yeah. I think it's the most powerful thing you can have for in the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be faked and it can be learned. So yeah. I think no one should write themselves off as someone who isn't confident. I think you can fake it. And I am, you know, the first person to say I'm not fantastic at faking confidence. But when I realized what I could lose Mm. and also teaching, I can't go into a class and not be confident that this thing that I created is going to work. Yeah. And I definitely have. I think you were in one of the classes that I did that was like my very first. And Tony was like so supportive, letting me test out this thing. And I was shitting myself like what, what if this doesn't work? And then I just went, no, it works. It works. I've mm-hmm. seen it work. It works for me. And if I showed how scared I was, are you going to feel good about me teaching you? Absolutely yeah. you're not. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you're, you owe confidence to other people. Yeah. And parents do it all the time. Do they know what they're doing? No. Mm-hmm. Do they pretend they know what they're doing for their kids? Yes. Yeah. So super powerful. I wish it was a tablet. Mm-hmm. I would be rich, like here, oh, confidence. That's so, maybe you can make it into a tablet somehow and you'd be like the richest person on the planet. Yeah, or meditation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's about delusion as much as it is about just being confident. And then, you know, you can just take the sensations of confidence from other things. So if you're very confident in one area, note what that feels like in your body and how it feels mm-hmm. like how it manifests in yourself physically, then mimic it. That's it. Mm-hmm. So it. I think the minute we give something power, too much power, that it's not accessible or we don't have it, blah, 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 then it has that power. So just do what you would do in acting. If you need to have a limp, you would go and man, like physically ma- manipulate your body to have a limp. Well, yeah. physically manipulate your body to have confidence. Mm. I mean, people do power poses and that kind yeah. of thing. So... Um, breath work a lot of people do I haven't found my thing yet 
I think it's a combination of everything. It also depends where you're starting from, how scared you are. Um, with acting, I find it really easy because I can just get lost in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then I don't need confidence because I'm, I'm doing my thing. But I yeah. will say I'm probably very confident in that part of myself. So yeah. I'm, I'm speaking from a different place than I would have spoken from a long time ago. But like not thinking you're pretty enough. Mm. There's one that's universal. Yeah. Pretend you do. Yeah. Because you know what you, I do? You, that's all you can do. I was sometimes, no, this might be toxic, but sometimes I just pretend I look like someone else. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, no, but I, I am that person. Yes, they're blonde. Yes, they have blue eyes. But I I also look like that. And then, I watch drag queens. Yeah. That's a great thing to do. They have, like, the most beautiful confidence mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they are, you know, I've found so much inspiration through drag queens. Like just watching them and then you know watching the transformation and mm -hmm. then like they bring it into themselves when you've they've done it for a few years you can kind of see it mm -hmm. and you know it's so you can copy confidence I think that's a great idea that I think what you're doing is just it, it's a great idea why not yeah no one knows what you're thinking or how you're getting there just get there yeah eventually it'll be on you yeah. eventually it'll be with your face and your body and your mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. but you know if I have to play a character like like a Megan Fox type, I watch her. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to do that. That's, yeah. that's attractive, right? Yeah. I'll just do that. And then everybody believes you and it's nuts. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. People believe you that you're that person and you're just like, whoa, this is insane, yeah. but it works. And mm -hmm. inside you're like sweating. And, but I mean, if you're going to invest in being good at something, you get to that. Yeah. Every career needs that. So true. I, yeah, I think like for being almost 20, um, my confidence, I mean, I've had people tell me it's, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And so I, I try to hold on to that, but have you ever had your confidence mistaken for ego? Yes. All the time. And like, what do you do with that? Fuck off. Okay. Like I, I get it mistaken for arrogance mm -hmm. sometimes. Oh, also I'm very, um, I get scared and then I, my defense mechanism is to kind of glaze over and just be there. Mm -hmm. And I get a little cold looking and also my facial structure doesn't help, mm -hmm. just makes me look cold and, and unapproachable. Um, if someone thinks I'm arrogant, the minute they talk to me, it should be very obvious that I'm not. But mm -hmm. you know what? Maybe I earned it. Fair enough. Depending on where I am, yeah. sometimes I'm like, I earned it. Yeah. I sweat, bled, cried to be deserving where I'm sitting right now. So maybe, yeah, I'm arrogant, but I earned my arrogance. Mm -hmm. And so when I think when people are arrogant, I kind of think, yeah, you know what? Do it. It's when you're arrogant without the space to realize you're wrong. That's when arrogance becomes toxic to me. As mm -hmm. long as you're willing to know you're wrong yeah. and, you know, to, to take direction that you didn't think and to listen to somebody, no matter who they are, if they see something in your work and they're going to try this, you, you got to have the space to do that. But you can definitely kind of instinctively go, I think my choice is correct, but you'd be an idiot not mm -hmm. to pivot because what if they, 
you don't know. Yeah. So I think arrogance is necessary. I have definitely had that happen to me. Mm-hmm. I have made it more palatable as I've gotten older. Okay. But I definitely did have a period of my life where people thought I was very unlikable. Mm-hmm. But I was just scared. If somebody accuses you of being arrogant, and what does RuPaul say? If they're not paying your bills, pay them no mind. Mm-hmm. That's just it. Don't be like, okay, cool. You think I'm arrogant. Bye. Mm-hmm. That's on you, not me. I'm not hurting anybody. Bye. Yeah. That's kind of, that's I think you have to. That's a good point. Yeah. That's so, that's so, that's so true. Um, okay. So as I've said, I'm a green actor. Mm-hmm. I'm as green as they get. Um, with being green, it's hard to feel safe and, um, comfortable and confident in Mm -hmm. the industry because it's so out of my hands so out of my control I have no like there's nothing I can do to be like I am a successful actor it's all in other people's hands it it will feel like that forever lovely so I guess there's like no way to not feel that way yes there is okay yes there is so it's it's so I grew up in uh, I came up as a green actor in stage on stage it's a different world we don't think about the audience first Mm. we don't think about you know oh am I doing this audition and is are they going to accept me and yeah of course that's there but you're mostly just doing the work you're mostly just auditioning to do the best work that you can do yeah I struggle with that a lot here too even with, you know, agents and everything, you yeah. know, am I enough? Do they like blah, blah, blah. The only way to get rid of that is to do the work mm-hmm. and come back to the work and know that the story that you're telling is more important than the opinion of someone you've never met mm-hmm. and have no control over and aren't you. And sure, maybe they underestimate you. Let them just do the work first. Worry about the rest later. So when you're doing an audition, just dis- like, what's your objective? What's the story about? Like, and it can be any audition. Say it's a Hallmark audition and, you know, it's a relatively simple storyline, finding love, which, by the way, is very difficult. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to find in life. So yeah. think about this. What's my character's value? When someone's watching the story, what are they going to feel? I want them to feel like that love is possible and it's out there. It's there for them. That's something that's really important. Great. Connect to that. Mm -hmm. Connect to that. Find what's important to you and then do the work. Mm -hmm. And you cannot control anything else but your own work. And once you have an audition, it's very hard to get an audition in the first place. You're beating out hundreds of people just to get the audition. Mm -hmm. You will always find yourself lost if you ask those questions. You will never find yourself lost if you just stick with the work. Mm. And it's very difficult to not get sucked into the rest of it. Green or not, you're always going to feel like you're at the mercy of someone else to a certain extent, which is why this industry is awful. (laughs) But not when you are doing the work. Yeah. Because that's up to you. And then it's you and the writer. And... It's you and the writer until it's you and the rest of the mm-hmm. production working together. But if you can all focus on just that one thing, it's they can't – no one can take that away. No one can tell you you're not enough for that story Yeah. on that audition. Mm-hmm. That's how I would keep my sanity mm-hmm. and my feeling of being enough. Yeah. Well, that does – that 
that explanation reminds me of the quote I said at the beginning, express, not impress. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, okay, I need to write that down. I like to sometimes have notes when I do auditions or just like in my bedroom to remind me. So now I'm like, okay, that's a quote that's good enough for me to write down and look at Mm -hmm. because then it'll remind me of like that answer and not to worry about the things that aren't in my control and just focus on what I can do. I wish acting was a nine to five job. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, yeah that is nine the to goal. nine to five or nine to nine or whatever I'll do a the night hour. shoot. Whatever the hours are. I, I would love to do a night shoot. You like doing them until you do them and then you're like, Wow, it's three in the morning and I'm wearing a ball gown, okay? Yeah. And then you know, poor crew. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Night shoots are I wouldn't wish night shoots on anyone, but you know, night for night, that's what you have to do. I just I wanna at least experience it. You will. Oh, yeah. You want to experience okay. it quickly, do some background. True, true. You, you'll get night shoots. Yeah. I feel like I need, I feel like in order to do a night shoot, I would, I would want to be more than background though. Well, background works really hard. Background's mm-hmm. busy and they work really hard. One mm-hmm. thing I would say about anyone doing background is first of all, do background, see what's, see what's up. It's a good, definitely a good thing to do, but be warm. And be mm. comfortable. Do not pick shoes that are not comfortable. Whether they be heels or not, just be warm. Because yeah. we don't, like, this costume doesn't have time. Like, I'll always try and get some hot packs out to background if I'm on. And I, you know, I'm warmer. Mm-hmm. But I can't, you know, we can't get to everybody. And there's just people freezing. And yeah. But backgrounder, and they're acting. They're acting. They're, it's it's very hard. Oh, yeah. It's very hard. So it, w- it might be easier to do background as a night shoot first mm-hmm. rather than an actor because also sometimes as an actor you're on set all day you have no lines yeah you're just background anyway true you know some days you're like um i have no lights okay that's fine my first day on set as a principal actor no lines and i was like that's exactly how i wanted it because i didn't have to i was already so scared because i didn't know what to do like my mom dropped me off and i was like where do i go now but I didn't have to worry about memorizing my lines. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy. I'm going to learn. So when I come back, I I don't have to worry about where to go, who to see. Well, when you get on set, just find the find the third AD. Yeah, I didn't know that yet. Yeah. But everybody, find, find the third AD. Yeah. Get to set, get to the, the AD trailer, find the trailer third. That's all you need. They'll tell you everything. Mm-hmm. Go find the third AD. If you're background, go find the third AD. Like, that's why they're there. So. so I went to the background area, and I was like, hi, um, where do I go? And then they walked me to the AD's trailer, and I was like, oh, thank you so much. And then, yeah, he showed me everything. Yeah. And I was just so excited to walk into my little trailer, and I was like, oh, my God, there's, like, a bench, and that's my bench. I was so excited. <laughs> I had such a blast. Um... That movie comes out at the end of July. It's What's called it called? Midnight Whispers. Mm-hmm. It's the fourth movie of the um, Cutler Dawn series by author... Oh, what's her name? Oh, I should know her name. Just put it below. I'll put it below. <laughs> um, she does a lot of series. She did Flowers in the Attic. Uh, anyways, it's going to come out on Lifetime. Nice. And you just did a Hallmark movie. With Luisa Dolavera, yes, who I'm in her book club, and just a fan. I love her. Oh man, um, and Stephanie Isaac. Yes. How was that? Um, we had the most incredible ensemble. 
So it was Jill Morrison as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Nat Sharp, uh, uh, Nate Bass, mm-hmm. just like a, awesome people, really, really awesome people. Uh, really good actors, mm-hmm. like a really good ensemble. Like we were all being ridiculous. I think it was ridiculous. It was very, very fun. But everyone was so skilled, we could have so much fun. And, yeah. you know, that movie moved really, really fast. Mm. That, that, like, yeah, Steph was, like, we were moving fast. We were moving very, very fast. But Steph and I are about the same height. Mm-hmm. So it was really good whenever we didn't have to wear, like, there was a scene where we just kept sinking into the mud because they had us in stiletto heels, but it had rained. Oh. And so she's one of the only actors I've worked with that we were like, can we take off our shoes? And we're both going to end up around the same height. Because yeah. I don't take my shoes off usually because I, like, end up, well below yeah. everybody, yeah. but um, no, it was really good. It was really good. I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. It was very fun to shoot. And then we also had our script supervisor, Jen, was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun one to watch. I'm and that comes to out? I think it comes out in the beginning of June. Um, I will be in Australia, but mm. um, Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the footage. I did ADR the other day, so I saw some of it. Okay. Yeah, and, and Louisa is so funny in that movie. Okay. She's really funny. I... And Jill's really funny. Like, she, uh, they had two of my favorite characters, I think, those two. Okay, I yeah. can't wait. And it's going to come out on the Hallmark channel? I assume so. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, W Hallmark. Something. It'll be there. We watch cable in this household, yeah. so I will record it. Yeah. Because we don't we don't have all the streaming platforms. We just have... I don't either. I often yeah. just, like, I don't... Uh, I will get the footage from the movies after mm-hmm. a while, and then I will cut them up and use them. Yeah. And just send them to my family. Yeah. Um, if I have links to footage. But um, I've got about... F- three that I probably just should just ask for, but mm-hmm. I, I usually have to wait for a while for them to be out before someone can get Send the them. footage for me. Yeah. For the, for your reel? For my reel, but also just for me to like see, yeah. uh, I can see, you know, some, sometimes I'll watch the movies to see how I could have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, did something work? Didn't it work? Yeah. So it's like a self-assessment for me. Yeah. Lots of actors don't like to do that, but I think, I will be someone who likes I can watch it objectively. Look, there's definitely yeah. some costumes where I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. And I did the one that I, I did a lead in one that's coming out soon. And I know there'll be moments where I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. But yeah. get over it. Yeah. I'd rather be better mm-hmm. than worry about silly things. And then, you know, I'll just learn. I'll be like, don't color your hair like that. Mm-hmm. Don't stand like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't want that to be what's important to me. I... Well, that's exactly what I'm scared to to do is when I do end up watching this movie, it's going to be my first time ever. So I'm not expecting it to be like a great performance, um, but I can't wait to actually see myself on camera and like know what I look like, what angle, you know, is my angle or um, my height difference too, because I'm as short as you uh, and just to like learn. Yeah, I think the first movie I did, I was really good. Oh, wow. Because I didn't really think about that stuff. Mm. You know, I just was came out of theater school, did a feature, um, and I was good. And I watched it back the other day, and I was like, why were you better in this than you were in some of the stuff you've done recently? And it's mm. because I was not thinking about any of that other stuff. I just oh. did the work, like back again. I just did the work. 
I did the work. I went with a couple of my gut instincts. I was pretty fresh from school, so I was pretty fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do try to stay away from the aesthetics as much as possible okay. because there's an amazing hair and makeup team following True. you around. Just trust them. Yeah. You'll work out how, you know, you feel comfortable and then maybe uh, how to sit is probably like that is mm. – it's probably as to sit up. But I just don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. It's just the last thing I want to worry about. Yeah. So hard task, but really, really, really important to me. Mm-hmm. Just personally important to me. I watch too many actors get lost in stuff that's not important. Mm. And it, it, you can see it. It's just sad. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because people are beautiful when they're not thinking about it. It's true. Well, I mean... Candid photographs are beautiful. Oh, they're the best. Because you're not thinking about yeah. it. So I think those moments on camera are beautiful. Yeah, for that's that a good reason. point. Man, acting is so interesting. It's, it's like... It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I'm in it and I am an actor and I get acting. But, like, it's so weird if you really think about it. Like, the job is to be someone else you don't get you know lots of times people always say be yourself be yourself and it's like well as an actor you are being yourself when you're not acting but you're also being a character too yeah I I think that's a confusing thing where people are saying be yourself be yourself I think that note makes more sense to me is don't try to be someone like someone else like Mm -hmm. don't do it like someone else would do it yeah but you're not yourself like in the movies I've done, I'm not myself. Yeah. My voice isn't even the same. Like, it's just not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's my self is I'll find the character in my body and then I kind of just do it. But there's definitely characters that are closer to me and mm-hmm. further away from me. Mm-hmm. But to say that I'm like the characters I play, sure, elements, absolutely. But I'm not being myself. It's through me. Yeah. I think that's the difference. Yeah. Like I'm much I'm comfortable with the quirks coming out. It's going to be me. Yeah. Somehow. And I think everyone would say that. But I but you are playing someone else. And so if if it if it is confusing for you as an actor to compute someone telling you to not play a character, then just take that note differently. Mm-hmm. You, we're all different. Like I know actors who are like, no, I am just being myself. I'm, I'm just doing nothing and I'm being myself. Mm-hmm. That's how it works for them. Yeah. If that note doesn't work for you, it's not a universal mm-hmm. rule. It's just encouraging you not to try to be more, I yeah. guess. But it's, it's one of the most confusing notes. Definitely yeah. was very confusing for me coming out of training, being all these other people and then someone saying, be yourself. And I was like, I didn't, didn't I just do like five years of that other thing and – yeah, you know, to like not be myself. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's very confusing, especially when you don't know who you are mm. at 21, mm-hmm. 22. You don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm only just working it out now, maybe. Right. Yeah. So super confusing. But I mean, that's probably what's interesting. Now, let's do something that's really going to confuse you. And that's going to be me trying to do accents. Okay. So here we have. Here, these are the accents, and then these are sentences we're going to say with the okay. accents. Most of them are lines that you have in uh, TV shows or movies that you've done. Okay. One of them is us complimenting the podcast, and then another one is us saying that writers deserve more. Okay. But mostly it is 
your line. Oh my god, okay. You are the guest, so you can go first. Alright, I hope none of these get me cancelled. No, I told my brother, please keep it, keep it, keep it good. Okay, good, okay. So we should be fine. And you just have to guess? I have to guess, I don't know what they are. Do you, do you want me to say the line in the accent and then you guess what the accent is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I will also do an accent. Okay. And make you guess. Okay. It was cancelled by a telephone. It was cancelled by Italian? a telephone. No. Uh, uh, let me see if I can make this better. It, it, so it was cancelled by a telephone. Oh, French. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm so scared. I, oh, oh, I can do this. Oh, good. Okay. Okay, wait, can I do this? If you saw his truck... You would know it. I I need to say. I think I, say your say your in sentence. Um. Or count to ten, in the accent. One, two, three. If you saw his truck, you know it just don't make no sense. <laughs> is it? Is it somewhere in Britain? No, it's like not at all. Is it New York? Yeah. It's yeah. New York. See, I'm someone who says. I say the place to get me in the accent, New York. New York. And then I get into it. Okay. But I can't do that or else you would know what I... Oh, right. Okay, no, I get you. You can also count to ten. I'm going to practice that one. I've that's never one. Done you can that count before. to ten. I'm working on my French at the moment, so that's interesting that that one came up. Yeah. Full disclosure, it's definitely not mine. British. Yes. Okay. That was great. And you teach... You teach British? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Writers, de writers deserve more pay. A M P T P. British? No. It's um. Let me. Get... Writer, writers deserve more pay. A M P T P. Give me a clue. It's like the other British. It's like not British, but sometimes it can sound like British. Not British. If one done bad. Oh, Australian? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad I didn't get that one. I see. I say surf, surfing. Want to go surfing? And yeah. Want to go surfing? Oh, sh okay. Uh-oh. All right. How do I do this one? One, two, three, four. All right. I don't get Okay. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Well, okay. Russian? Yeah. Okay. I love, I, I love, I don't care the podcast. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Uh, my sister's uh, husband is Russian. He's going to hate this. I, uh, Tony's really good at Russian too. Yeah. I love, I don't care the podcast. Is is okay. It's not good, but. Mm. But you know that that's. It's like, I think it's because I've been learning French. Everything's turning French. <laughs> Everything's turning into French. Oh, okay. This one, I have a funny way to get into this one, but I can't. Do it. Fra! Fra! Lori! Lori! Actually, it was early, it was early 2000. Boy bands. Uh, is it, uh, like a Spanish kind of accent? No, I'm doing such a bad job. Um, um, okay, let me try. Fra! He... Lori, oh my god, we gotta go to the hospital. Actually, it was early 2000 boy bands. 
early 2000 boy bands uh, with a rotus with a, a trill on the R. Is it is it a, a language other than English at the beginning? Um, it like is it is it another foreign foreign? Yeah, foreign with a r sound, and not Spanish. Not Spanish. Wait, let me see it. Don't don't say it. Out. Let me see it's the pink one and see if we can both. Okay. Come to oh, it. you're gonna nail this. I don't know. Oh, this is hard. That's hard. I was just trying to. So think about putting a vowel on the end of every word. Oh. Actually, uh, it uh, it was early two thousand of uh, uh, boy bands. Yes, it's so, a yeah Italian. So in Italian, they would be um, I love I don't care the podcast. Oh, right, okay. it's very hard because you can like overdo it. Yeah. So it would take me a good. I think it was last year. I had to do. I don't get cast as Italians, even though I'm Italian. Mm -hmm. So I slated in Italian on this tape because I was like, they're never going to cast me. So I did the whole slate. I was like, mi chiamo Francesca. Like yeah. I, I did the whole slate. And then they contacted my agent and they were like, she Italian. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But because I don't look Mediterranean, mm -hmm. then they were like, can she do the whole audition in an Italian accent? It was like 24 hours. And I was like, I just watched Italians for three hours and I still think I did a terrible job. It's one of the hardest accents, I think. To do harder than French, harder it's, than Russian, super hard. But you know what else is hard, and it's um, really hard, especially to for me, is standard American. Oh, that's not hard. You can do standard American. You're not even. You're even. You're Canadian. It's not that far away. But that the hardest part is hearing the difference. Oh, once a dialect coach points it out to you. Yeah. It's not hard. And doing an accent is just as much about understanding the culture of where those people are from and mm -hmm. how that accent came to pass, just as much as it is mimicking sounds. Mm -hmm. Accents are like maths. You get it right or you don't. So I find them incredibly comforting because it's the only part of acting that's factual. Yeah. This is right or it's wrong. Uh, but once a dialect coach says, can you hear this? You're looking out for this. Mm -hmm. It's not hard. I promise you. I promise you could teach, we can teach anybody an American accent. That's okay. the one accent. I mean, there's a bunch that we're good at, but the, the, the associates and Tony in our sleep, we can teach that accent. Well, good because I'm being taught by him soon. Cause I was like, I need to, Yeah. I, I get told all the time that I sound very Canadian and I was like, I get it. I go up at every sentence, every word I'm saying. You like, do have some American sounds. I've, notice when I met you I was like I wonder if one of your parents were American so that's such a compliment there's going to be a few things that but you you have to know them all so he has to show you them all but once you know them it's just about keeping your eye out and then you'll find your American persona and then you know it'll kind of just and like me like I don't I don't this is I don't usually use my own accent I always coach in an American yeah. accent so it'll just become second nature well, I hope so. I, I, it's something that I'm so mindful of. And so I do try to do it like, like teach myself a little bit, but because I don't know exactly what to hear, I only know like, okay, don't say sorry, say sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Don't say like something like this, like certain words I know. And then the, the really, the biggest part is for me, like dropping my tone and. Well, it's, it's more like it's a statement. Yeah. Unless it's unless it's a question, it's a statement. And that's about and Tony will teach you this. That's about America. 
-hmm. They're the superpower nation of the world. Whether you believe it or not, or you want to, you know who their president is. Why? You know what their anthem is. Why? You're not American. Why do you know? Well, it's because it's America. So they tell you they want things. They don't ask you for things. It's not culturally there. They're not, they come across as rude because to us it's like, and to, you know, I'm part of the Commonwealth. We want to go up. We don't want to be invasive. It'll make you seem younger forever if you Mm. keep going up. It's there for you to use. If you have a character that goes up at the end of a sentence, great. If I want to sound dumb, then I'm definitely going to go up at the end of every sentence. And that's something I've got to use for myself. But Americans will go down. Mm-hmm. They'll make statements unless they're questions. And like I say with everyone who – there's a people who seem to – accent diversity needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I would love it to happen. We need diversity in sound as much as we need diversity in visuals. But if you have to do an accent, which you do, take it as an opportunity to find a new part of yourself and to explore it and to have that accent gift you with a part of yourself you haven't met yet. You might as well. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to do the accent. And I, I love them. I'd be devastated if I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I want to work in accents for my whole career. Um, I would like to do a movie maybe one day with my own voice, mm-hmm. my own accent, um, and we'll get there. But I love them. Yeah. I love them. They're just an opportunity to play. So people take it a little too seriously. Now, I assume most people do training when they've booked a role and then, or have an audition for a, a role with an accent, I assume. But I also know standard American. I wouldn't wait for your else. audition. Yeah, I would yeah. not wait. Yeah. I wouldn't wait for your audition to do American or British. Mm. It's asked for too many times. Mm-hmm. Irish quite a lot as well and Southern American quite a lot as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, but I would not wait for the audition to be doing an American accent ever. <laughs> That's just not a good move. Same with British. It just comes up. I mean, I've coached this year alone, Scottish and British mm-hmm. just this year mm. as well as American. And so it comes up a lot. Don't wait for the audition because then you are without, you know, we can't really teach you that fast. You're just going to be concentrating on two things at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was right after the casting director meeting, and one of them said, like, how important it is to work on your standard American, and I was like, just do it. And so I went on Tony's website, and I was like, it's your birthday, just do it. Happy birthday to myself. Mm -hmm. And so I just just paid for it. And you tax it. it. Yeah, oh, 100%. It went in my tax folder right away. Tax it. Yeah. You know, it's four hours of your life. Mm-hmm. You, you just have to get it done. You oh, know, yeah. uh, it's like it's like doing your taxes. Mm-hmm. You you have to get it done. Yeah. And I think that accent for Canadians is transformational for their acting. Yeah. There's so many elements of the accent that you need. Mm-hmm. You need that have been culturally squashed here that I believe it's not the same in Australia. We are more aggressive. Yeah. But, yeah, I would say what you're doing is correct in that I – would urge people not to wait for their auditions to do that. Yeah, I'm just tired of... of worrying. Of worrying, yeah. I don't, like, when I'm auditioning, I don't want to have to worry about, do I sound American? It's just, I just want to sound American. So this makes the most sense for me in my career, and, yeah, probably most Canadians, too. Yeah. yeah. We sound Canadian, what can yeah. we say? Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a little bit of advice mm-hmm. before we end off. We talked about this a little bit, but every single coach, it feels like, has slightly different opinions 
um, based on whether it be, you know, being word perfect or how important it is that you have a, a blue or gray uh, wall or just like everybody seems to have different opinions mm -hmm. sometimes. And as an actor, I get confused on what is right and what is wrong and what I should listen for to. For self-taping? For self-taping, yeah. Like, how, how, do you, how do you know who to listen to, what to do if people keep telling you different things? Well, I mean, I have my preferences. Like, I have people, peers, that don't like my lighting, mm. right? Um, they prefer their lighting. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you also are dealing with pitch black or, you know, I don't have the space to have massive soft boxes, but I have like in the light, I've got some of the best lighting, I think in the city, mm -hmm. but, uh, you have to, here's, here's all you have to do. You have to be lit mm -hmm. so that you're seen. You don't want to be blown out. You don't want to have too many reflections happening in your eyes. So you don't want the lights too close to your face. You need to be heard. And the background can't be more fancy than you. Yeah. So if it's a white background, fine. I personally don't love the electric blue because I'm so pale mm. and I've got red hair. So yeah. two prime, like two colors like that are clashy for me. So I have a, a gray blue wall. I love the um, French wash walls though. Mm. I love, um, there's a studio in the UK that I love. Um, and then I really like um, Real Strength's background but I prefer my lighting because it's yellow based. So it's, I like lighting that it's not too blown out. I can see everything really crisply. I can hear everything and the background just is, is there. It's not taking precedent over my audition. Mm -hmm. Whatever does those things is correct. Okay. And shadows on the face is not great. Shadows on the back wall, sometimes you can't get rid of the shadows. Yeah. Just don't stress about it. Sound though, an echo, terrible. Too much camera sound, terrible. Like anything that's going to distract someone from the story you're telling is not, shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. Costume elements, unless they're doing that, shouldn't be there. Props that don't do that shouldn't be there. It's just keeping it, telling the story. And as long as you're lit and I'm not seeing something in the background that's completely taking precedent over your story, mm -hmm. then it's a correct tape. And, and don't get too sidetracked by everyone's opinions, mm -hmm. right? Uh, just because I don't like that, that super high, high saturated blue doesn't mean that I wouldn't cast someone because they have a saturated blue right. color. Yeah. Just because I'm not a huge fan of the white wall. Sometimes I love tapes with a white wall. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't really stress about it like I used to. I painted my walls, mm -hmm. but... I also have a self-tape studio, so it's important yeah. to me that my color is flattering on all skin tones. Mm -hmm. So I have a blue-gray so that all skin tones look good on that one. But I kind of like green. Mm. You know what I mean? So as long as you're lit and that you're heard, and I think people's sound quality is the thing that annoys me the most mm -hmm. when there's an echo or camera whir that you're not paying attention to, then um, that, that bothers me. I don't even mind if people aren't centered. Yeah, I had one teacher who actually preferred us not to be centered. He yeah. was like, something about that is just like better to my eye. I also frame wider than most people. I usually mm -hmm. do a mid. I, mm -hmm. I very rarely do shoulders up because mm -hmm. I want 
I'm doing things, you know, I, I would rather people see more than see less, but some people hate that. I think I do mid as well. You usually see like, like to my elbows, because I talk with my hands a mm -hmm. lot, and it would be weird if you just saw like my hand pop up randomly, so I, I, I think I also do like a mid. Yeah, and then, you know, if you're at a studio, we can punch in as you speak, if there's mm -hmm. a moment happening, mm -hmm. but depending on what genre you're doing, I also try and frame how the movie is usually framed. Um, if it's super, super close up, then, then maybe, but as long as you're meeting the requirements of being seen and heard, you are doing the right things for yourself type. And what I've learned too with cameras, cause this is my first one is you hear the reader better than you hear yourself sometimes because they're right to, in front of it. You do need so. to move the reader away from the microphone a lot. Yeah. That I didn't know until after I got a camera. But you can also fix it in post. That's true. Yeah. You can. Yeah. So I've been much more comfortable fixing things in post, like sunlight changes outside. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a little bit of a blowout because sunlight went away or whatever. I'll just alter it in post just mm -hmm. so that it's not distracting because I'm so pale. My features will blow out much faster um, when I am filming uh, my POC friends and clients. It, it's just easier. Mm -hmm. They just, like, it's just easier to light them. Yeah. But if you're very, very pale, things will blow out faster. I find with with white lights and sunlight you sort of lose your nose yeah. so sometimes I'll bring down the brightness or you know but it's it's very personal opinion yeah it is right and I, I would say get into the tape really quickly like you know we heard on that casting meeting don't waste your time with a huge long fade in and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I, I still do a fade. I okay. think it's gentler unless my, I, my, the temperament or the tone is suited by the jump cut or something really quick. Okay. Here's a question. If you're, if they want everything on one, um, tape on one video, do you fade in, fade out between two different scenes? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, or straight to black, mm -hmm. straight back up. Mm -hmm. But to me, I'm also editing for the story. Mm -hmm. Do I want it to feel like, suspenseful you know when I'm editing people's tapes I want to make the most of whatever they've just given me so I'm going to do whatever supports their performance mm -hmm. and sometimes it's it's hard cut and sometimes it's a fade mm -hmm. sometimes it's a crossfade mm -hmm. like I'll do a dissolve so it's like they've never stopped being on screen I want I you see them in the two mm -hmm. as as it crossfades I never thought about so I sometimes I've started to do some crossfades if I don't want the momentum of the tape to finish but if I do, then I'll do a fade. I don't like the uh, no, nothing in between. Personally, yeah. I think it's just very jarring and I want to be introduced into the next story. Yeah. But then, I, you know, it depends what the tape is. But I, I edit based on what the actor's given me. Okay. I would say for everybody, though, give the actor, do not say rolling and then have them speak straight away. Mm. I would give them the thumbs up so that if you need that time to edit, you do not have to cut it because you said rolling. It's a very annoying to edit out that. Same at the end. Just give it some space. Don't cut straight away in case they give you something that you can use in the fade. So just, I would just never say rolling for a self-tape. You'll have to cut the rolling. It's super annoying. Just thumbs up when they're ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and, me and my friend, because we were just each other's readers all the time, we start recording and then we let each other just like, cause we like the moment before and mm. the moment after. And we usually keep a little bit of that in, um, just to like, sh just to get us like, you know, I don't know. You're not just standing 
sitting there waiting for the person to no. talk when the scene starts. So we like to show that like second before if, you know, there was one that I was knocking on my friend's door, I didn't have her answer the door immediately. Like I waited there for her to answer for a couple of seconds. So people, so the casting directors could see like how I was, um, cause she was sad. And then when her friend opened the door, she was like happy. Mm. And so I wanted them to see that transition. And if I just opened the, if she just opened the door and started talking, then you'd miss that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that kind of thing. And then, you know, if they have the first line, I would just ask that they signal to me when they're ready. I don't, I've made the mistake too many times of having to edit or cut the sound because I said rolling. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I would say for people editing tapes. It'll just make it easier on the back end. And then also I think you can reuse a slate as long as you're saying the same information. You do not have to have a new slate every tape. If if that day you can't get one done, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't stress about that either. Personally, I wouldn't stress about it. Yeah. Sometimes I just like to be in the same outfit, but like they don't care. They just want to. Sometimes it's all. sometimes you do. Yeah. But it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And now, especially because sometimes they're wanting the, the the slate completely separate. I wouldn't crossfade on a slate for that reason. Because okay, yeah. if casting wants to cut it, mm-hmm. I want to make it easy for them to cut it. So yeah. that'll probably change in the way I do that as well. But they were also saying that they like the split screen. The split screen of close and far away? Yeah. That's a little too much work for me. I'm okay. just going to zoom in mm-hmm. and I'm going to zoom out. Yeah. Yeah. If you want a split screen, ask me for a split screen. But I like had... I'm already doing all the other stuff. I, I don't need to also build you a split screen slate. A couple fun questions before we end off. I want to know what your first time on set was like. You said that you had a good, like your acting was good, but what was like that? My very first time on set was uh, on a comedy show in Australia where I got this role, they wrote it in for me because I did this audition and uh, it was for this bombshell. And I was like, I'm not a bombshell. I don't know how to do this. So I fully went into this like, and it was a comedy. I fully went into this ridiculous character um, that I'd actually created at drama school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it was really lovely. I got to set, I, I got to be completely ridiculous. And then the writer of the show said, uh, thank you. It was really lovely. So that was really, really nice. I I wasn't that scared. Okay. I don't know why mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was more scared here. The first job I got here was opposite Aidan Gillen um, from Game of Thrones. That was a little scarier. You were on Game of Thrones? No, yeah. I was on Project Blue Book. But that was okay. the first job that I got here about three months after landing here. And there was this articulating camera on this big jib that was he- about here. And it was like moving in and I – I remember that there were going to be bigger cameras, but I was just like, this one's very close to my face. And I was like crying and my husband's, you know, been taken over by aliens or whatever. And I I pretended I wasn't intimidated at all. That's where the pretending you're confident comes in. Also, I I was very busy. I had a lot, it was an accent. I had a lot to do. So I was Mm -hmm. very grateful for that. But definitely landing on set, I was just like, okay, Mm -hmm. here we go. But I was ready. Yeah. I was ready. Well, my first day on set, I didn't realize that you should, in fact, bring a bag from your trailer to the actual set. Yes. So my question to you is what's in your set bag? Underwear. Mm. Different kinds of underwear in case they change me on set. Oh, that's so smart. Different kinds of underwear. Moisturizer. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Yeah, so my favorite moisturizer for my hands and skin in case it starts looking dry Mm -hmm. 
and then usually iPad because all of my stuff's on there. Yeah. If I've got to do work, laptop. Mm-hmm. I try not to have my phone, mm. but I've got it there. But I try not to sort of like Use be it. be on it too much. Um, but underwear. Yeah. Underwear because. They can change you on set to a costume you might not have been ready for. And especially females, I don't know what it's like for male costumes. Um, But bring your underwear, bring stockings, bring, you know, spanks, bring whatever different kinds of underwear you have. So I have like a a huge just sack of different kind of underwear. Okay. That makes so much sense though, because... You know, as a female, you do sometimes plan what pants you're wearing, so you have to be specific with, with what underwear. And there's no wearing. seams allowed on television usually, mm. so it's not like it can be realistic. Yeah. Um, and then eye drops. I would recommend everyone bring oh. eye drops and allergy medication. Mm. And a toothbrush and a toothpaste and floss is what I learned. Yes, toothbrush, toothpaste, floss. Uh, a lot of the time, makeup will have a little strip that you can use if you're desperate. Um, and usually like for kissing or for very intimate scenes, you will have signed a bunch of things, you know, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically hygiene smelling good, um, is part of your job yeah. because it makes other people comfortable. And that's why I would, would like, um, not pile on perfume. Mm. It can give people, uh, depending on the smell and de- it depends on the scene you're doing. If you're just chatting, then wear your own smell. But if it's intimate, Smells mean different things to different people. So I would just be clean smelling. Yeah. I, unless it's something that they've asked for, your scene partner likes a certain smell and that's, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to be intimate or whatever. Um, and maybe you're supposed to be married, that kind of bond you need to create yeah. straight away. I would just be clean. Mm-hmm. Clean, clean, clean. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a no-brainer. But you forget and it's sweaty and it's hot and you just forget. It is sweaty. So I, I usually what I do is I pack a little kit mm-hmm. and the kit comes everywhere. And that's got the stuff you're talking yeah. about in it. Because sometimes set can be quite away from circus. Well, yeah, even like the food. Like I, you get yeah, food I do. stuck in your teeth yeah. or you get, you know, bad breath. And I personally hate the feeling of bad breath. So I would want to brush my teeth. Yeah. Just be careful you brush your teeth before touch-ups. Oh, yeah. Because it'll yeah. take off your uh, lipstick. That's true. So you don't want to, like, get finals and then go brush your teeth. True. Um, the last question I have for you is how did you come up with the name with – how did you come up with the name The Honest Actor? Um, because uh, it's about telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And the – I guess if you could call it a brand, um, I'm going to tell the truth even if it doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's my thing. So I've done a couple of posts that have been pretty hard to watch even for me, which are, you know, about agents and pitting for really big things and not booking them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's a place I want people to go to learn the truth. And uh, the truth in the sense that, too, I don't want to make acting look like it's hard and not mm-hmm. everyone can do it. I don't think everyone can do it. But I definitely want to be accessible so that if you're 60 and you want to start acting, I want it to be a place where you can go and I will tell you how easy something can be. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not interested in coaching. So everyone thinks I'm this mystical creature who can magically coach you. 
I'm trying to make it palatable and easy. So I guess it's just about uh, it being honest. Sometimes you're going to like what I say and sometimes you're not, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell the truth. And that's great. So we didn't talk about this, but where can people find you? Because you do post on social media about acting tips and advice and yeah. And all of that good stuff. So where can people find you and what can they get when? So I am on Instagram mm-hmm. and YouTube mm-hmm. and it's just The Honest Actor. Um, and the, I think it's the IGTV. You can look like yeah. on that channel. Um, mostly it'll be basic self-taping things. So how to be punched, mm. how to deal with a kiss and a hug how to change rooms, mm-hmm. how to get in a car, yeah. how to uh, – different things that like the one that I did that I think went quite well was uh, self-taping surfaces. Yes. You can sit on a table if you want to sit on a table. Um, that video also made me realize that I don't just have to sit on one type of chair. I no. was like, why would I ever think that I do have to sit on one type of chair? Because sitting on a table feels weird, but – it's better like for certain things i use it a lot for people um how to be drunk eye line tips Mm -hmm. camera technique and then the youtube channel is going to be um about that in much more detail and then also um i have a new thing and it's in development but it's uh how to get in the zone Mm. oh i'll watch that for sure yeah so i don't It'll, it'll be an MP3 file you can buy, but I'm really excited about uh, actors wanting to get in the zone and the science behind the way I think most of us go about it is incorrect, mm. going into our pain. Yeah. And the science that I'm kind of researching at the moment is the body will not let you. So you'll actually create a shutdown mm-hmm. and you'll feel locked and stuck and when what you want to be feeling is open and available yeah. and I think I've cracked the the code I think in like I've developed a was it seven minute uh onset uh pre-audition warm-up but when people say they're in the flow state or the zone what they're actually feeling is an availability mm. and an and an, uh, an openness and so sometimes when you've had a huge cry mm-hmm. and then you do some acting you're more available when you're really tired you're more available and how do we do that healthily and how do we do that that quick Mm -hmm. I think I did it so I'm very excited to share it um and uh some of my students if they watch this some of my students know what I'm talking about but don't tell people because it's uh it's very exciting and yeah it's super exciting it's super exciting it's just it's years and years of like putting stuff together and Mm -hmm. then trying it out for the last six months and it working for a lot of actors, so I'm oh. excited about that. I'm excited about it. I'll definitely try it, and my friend, actor friend, will also try it, and we, we will, we're going to test that out. Yeah. I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank and you for having, having me. with me. Uh, everyone, follow Francesca, the honest actor, and thank you so much. My pleasure. Yay. Wow.